What's going on, good people? Welcome to Live by the Three of Raptors podcast with your boy Curly. Give me a follow on Instagram at Live by the Period number three. And I've trained myself to just call it X. I used to call it Twitter slash X, but I'm training myself to just call it X. And it seems so weird. But follow me on X at Live by the Zero Three. I am joined by a plethora of guests, a bunch of guys that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. One, not so much, and you'll find out why. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding, Nigel. <laughs> but I have Mac, the man they call Mac, and Uncle Nigel from Raptors Republic, and I also have Kenyon from Basketball Rewind. Boys, how are you guys doing? Happy New Year. I feel like we haven't spoken in a long time. I'll start with Kenyon. How you doing, brother? Hey, man, I'm I'm chilling. I'm good. Uh, you know, went to school today, did some other stuff, got my chores done, you know, got all the Valentine's Day stuff out of the way just so people know when it's being recorded. I am good. I am happy, more happy than most Raptors fans. <laughs> hey, man, more more power to you if, you if you're able to find some pos- positivity in this chaos. Uncle Nige, what is happening where how come this Uncle Nige handle is like universal at this point? I've got like fifty year olds calling me Uncle Nige now too. It's like crazy. Thanks, I'll, guys. I appreciate that. Hey. I'm doing I'm doing good for geriatric right now. I'm uh <laughs> I'm looking at I'm in the nursing home here. I'm checking out the ninety year olds and I'm thinking, hey, life's good. Let's go. Why not, right? Why not? Let's go. <laughs> and Mac, how you doing, brother? How's your How's your starting five developing? You guys start training camp or, or what? Like, what's going oh, on? Oh no, no, I'm done. I'm, I I hit the salary cap limit. <laughs> <laughs> he did the luxury tax. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to get that second apron. <laughs> yeah, he's in April B. He's in April B. <laughs> But I'm doing good. It's glad I'm glad to be around the underground kings of Raptors media. We're like the unsung heroes to a lot of people. So it's great to be with this group of people right now. Amen to that. Amen to that. Boys, a lot of stuff has been going on. I haven't had an opportunity to break it all down, and I cannot think of a better trio to share this space with. So we can talk about the Raptors. Man, what a roller coaster ride. I you know, I'm not a big fan of roller coasters, but I don't even need to go to Wonderland because this team has me covered. It, it's just been an up and down season. We knew that change was just around the corner. We knew that the inevitable was gonna happen. The pivot, the kicking the can down the road, they ran out of road, they had to pivot. And one can argue that it wasn't the cleanest move, but a move nonetheless. We've been asking for a direction for a couple of seasons, and we got one to an extent. But I'm going to start with this question here, and Mac, you're going to lead us off. How do you feel about the front office approach this season? We've been asking for a move. We've been questioning, at least I have been questioning their intelligence and, and their lack of effort to build a successful team. But... They came in here with a game plan. We didn't know what it was, but we're seeing what this plan is at this point of the season. So how do you feel about their approach? I mean, like you said, I I like that we finally found a direction. We're in rebuild mode. There's no guessing. Although I feel we messed up in the sense that we should have picked this direction last season. I can't help but think about what kind of return we could have got for OG, Fred, and Pascal if we did these moves um, in mid last season and and when you think about that as well i'm thinking about okay well that means we wouldn't have the yakub situation we would probably have full control of our first round pick and the positive side of these things i think we found 
the, a good amount of players that fit a rebuild and people who we can kind of get encouraged about. Like, you know, I want to see scenarios like IQ. Can he develop into a league guard? I want to see scenarios where we're asking ourselves, is RJ going to be be a consistent, inefficient score? Uh, can Noara get some minutes and actually prove himself as a combo scoring forward? Um, Ochai, what he's, what is he going to be? Is he going to be a nice 3 and D piece? So at least with this direction, uh, with this, uh, with this re- approach, we can actually look into the future more clearly. I'm looking at Uncle Nige right now, and he's like just seeing right through Mac's words. I, I, I kind of feel that he's not feeling exactly the same way. So, Uncle Nige, how are we feeling about the front office approach this season? Uh, you know what? I think it's it was the inevitable, and it was something that I wanted pushed off as far as possible because I knew what we were going to get is going to be a lot of boring basketball. Then, uh, And that's basically what's going to go on for the next two, three years. Uh, I'm not excited about it. Did it have to be done? Yeah, it had to be done. Did it have to be in my lifetime? No. I would have preferred to wait for another 20 years because I'd probably be dead by the time this team brings another championship to this. So I'm just going through the hell of it at this point, right? So do I love it? No, I don't love the whole scenario. Am I willing to accept it? Yes, I'm gone into kind of like a, a slumber mode, right? I'm just, it is what it is. I'm in cocoon. Do whatever happens out there. Let the noise happen. That's where I'm at. Wake me up when it's over. Type yeah, of approach. exactly. <laughs> or if, if I'm not, or at least bury me in six feet down out there. <laughs> Make sure it's not shallow, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kedian, uh, I you know I I love your tweets, man. It, you're, it's always so insightful. I have no doubt that your take is going to be as equally insightful, if not more. So, brother, how do you feel about the front office approach this season? Hey, man, you got to be careful in these streets these days. I, I've been tweeting less because because uh, it seems like we're in a civil war at this point in this fan base. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I'll I'll zag a little bit uh, where you guys have zigged. Um, <clears throat> I think this was avoidable. I definitely think that this was avoidable, whether it be sitting certain people last year and making certain decisions. I always worry about, okay, we took this long to evaluate what works and what doesn't work. We have a front office that literally said that he made a mistake in terms of bringing in a certain guy last year at the trade deadline. If you add up all of the picks and stuff that have gone out and opportunities that have been lost since we got Drogic... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, on down, Thad, oh, <laughs> you have to bring Wee's camp, etc., etc., etc. Right? You know, Waving... those 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 wounds healed, right? Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they did. <laughs> For me, they have. I'm good. That band-aid off, right? Hey, man, you know you just got to put the iodine on there, splash it on, <laughs> make sure you're good. Um, but yeah, and so you go through all of that, and this is what you're left with, and then you hear. You know, if it doesn't work out, Luca might ask out. It's like, man, would have been nice. <laughs> would have been nice. Uh, so here we are. We're in this situation. And even then, we still haven't fully picked a direction because we don't have control of our own picks. So what do we do? Oh, well, we got to go get Kelly Olenek. I don't mind Kelly Olenek. I thought that that was a good actual move and good use of the assets. But it's like you have half the people cheering for us to win and not win at the same time because we don't control our picks until technically 2027 thanks Masai. i'm good though 
<laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that you are good. Um, where I'm at with this team, I, I agree with uh, with all of you. Uh, I think you guys pretty much embodied what I've felt. I think this this approach of wait and see, wait and see, you, you took too long, right? I think a lot of the moves should have been done earlier. I think the moves that you said at one point you wanted to do from a position of leverage, well, you didn't have much leverage. You were kind of in, in panic mode to make some of these moves. Now, I will give credit for that OG deal. The fact that he was able to get RJ and IQ, I, hats off to that. Where he loses me is that Pascal Siakam deal. I did not think that trade was necessary. If that was the best package available, you were better off just giving him the money, giving him short-term money, front-load it, whatever you needed to do to keep him here. And I'll tell you why. Because if we had Pascal on this team, the the spotlight would not have been on Scotty as much as it is right now. You would have given him a little bit more time. And then when you actually saw what this team would have looked like after a full season, then you could have pivoted accordingly. Because let's be honest, OG did not want to be here long term, but Pascal did. So you could have lived with a move for RJ and IQ. You didn't have to move Pascal. Now, granted, he's in a situation where he wants to be and he's comfortable, he's appreciated, and you want that for any player or any human being. But you didn't have to make that move. Now, do I think Bruce Brown is a terrible player? No. But his value is in a good system. We don't have that right now. And it seems like for a player with his skill set, being a defensive-minded player, somebody that's a jack-of-all-trades, He's a negative every single night. I think all but one game, he was a positive. And you're not even playing Jordan Nawara. Like, and, and more importantly, you're getting picks in a draft that you did not care for. Now, all of a sudden, you want to accumulate those picks, and then you're going to leverage these picks into to some sort of you know masterful deals. Like They took a simple situation, and they complicated it. And I really feel that, that Masai has let those guys down. And I'm talking about Fred. I'm talking about OG, talking about Pascal. He failed to build a great team around them. Not to say that they weren't great as individuals, but they needed more. And I think that right now you're seeing a reactive front office more so than a proactive one. And I think this is what we've been looking for for a lot long. Uh, Mac, go ahead. Yeah, Um, I I like... Mac goes, I just want to... That was fantastic, buddy. I love that. <laughs> I, I feel good right now. That was great. Thank you. I aim to please, brother. <laughs> go, go, go ahead, Mac. Oh, okay. Uh, so on your Pascal point, I really love that one, and it makes me. It made me think immediately. Do you think we hedged a little bit too much on the side of this timeline thing? Like, do you think we kind of overanalyzed the fact that? Pascal might not fit the timeline as far as Scotty's progression. It doesn't really make sense to me when I really think about it. It never made sense to me. It never made sense to me. I never bought that narrative. How is it that you have a 20-point score, six rebounds, five assists, whatever he was, whatever he was averaging? You're talking about a willing passer. You're talking about somebody that was dogged in the offense and he was still bringing his lunch pail every single night. Wouldn't you want that type of player? to be working along 
side your future, your future franchise, it seems? I, I would think so. What do you what do you guys think? For sure. I it shouldn't even be a question, right? I, I think I think we're, you know, I can't say anything more. You said everything, right? You go ahead. <laughs> I'll I'll chime in on this one. Um <laughs> people don't take this as an indictment on our current player group. Timelines don't really matter because what matters is talent. Last time I checked, and now I'm not comparing Siakam to this player, but David Robinson was a little older than Siakam when he won his first chip with Tim Duncan. And then he won a second one at age 37, right? Halliburton, last time I checked, is one year older than, than, than Scotty Barnes, okay? So if you're good, you go get your player some help. Exactly. The same, the, the, the same uh, age gap, Luca and Kyrie. If a guy is good and he's ready... You're ready to win. You're not waiting to win, As, especially if you're Maasai and you're saying everything's about winning. Then you're, I mean, if we we go jump in the DeLorean, I don't know, either of you guys can, can drive. I'm good with shotgun. And we're at the beginning of the season, right before the presser happened, two or three days before the presser happened with the selfish comments. We were talking about, man, we might get Dame. <laughs> we saw a tweet and it's mm -hmm. like, how did we go from that to this <laughs> so quick whoa <laughs> nba moves quick people if you don't like that you don't like nba basketball <laughs> <laughs> no no it, it's, it's valid man it's a it's a valid perspective you know and i i love your point kenyon because there there's tandems you know there's a duo in all of that kyrie luca robinson duncan you know, Kobe and Shaq, Jordan Magic and Pippen, Kareem. Magic Kareem. You go down the line. You need at least two players to build around. And right and, now, and, and Curly, I I just say this: Robinson and Duncan kind of operated in the same space last time I checked. I'll just I'll just let, keep cooking. <laughs> <laughs> and and that leads and that's exactly it, right? They existed in the same space and they found success. They won championships. You mean to tell me that a player of Pascal's caliber is not willing? to do what's best for the team. I really felt that this front office did a huge disservice for Pascal on his way out. I don't think there was anyone less deserving than Pascal. That that treatment was, I, I, I can't even describe, I can't even put it into words. I, I was so disgusted and I'm still disgusted as you guys can see, but Where's that help coming from? Now let's let's be let's let's call a spade a spade. RJ has been spectacular, but can he do the heavy lifting every single night? We've seen him struggle in that department. We've seen him be consistent, but has he been able to elevate where Scotty left off? Same with IQ. We don't have that luxury yet. Pascal could have bought us a little bit more time. And the thing that's so interesting about those trades is that. Those guys were held out, including Fred Van Vliet, for the likes of Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Dame, Shea, Giannis, Donovan Mitchell, KD, superstars. And not one of those players are still here. I and never understood that logic. And on top of that, it's that same logic, the timeline logic, that made us trade Norm for Gary Trent Jr. and trade... Um, Lowry when we did and the, those both those players are still in the league producing you know Lowry on a lesser extent but 
I, I could imagine that Norm would do a lot better than what Gary's been doing. At least Norm finishes in the break at times. If Marcus Smart is not trailing him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that playoff series still hurts, but yeah. <laughs> The norm, the norm stopper. But let, let, let's talk about something a little, a little bit more on the positive side. I think we slandered the front office a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Damn, I think a half an hour went by. We just talked smack about this FO. <laughs> I know, I know, it's right in Nigel's wheelhouse. I know that for a fact. He's all about the slander, right? Oh, Especially where it's deserving. You know what? Oh, what do I? Yeah, I, I can't even get it out. I, I'm just so disappointed in everything they have done. I'm really disappointed in the fact that they're trying to pass. You know the Tim McAuliffe th- thing that he put out? This is all because of uh, Nurse and Siakam. Some of the players wanted everyone to stick around. And so Masai just did what he wanted to do. They wanted him to do. Give me a, a friggin' break. That's your decision maker. That's the guy who's supposed to tell you what to do. He doesn't rely on his coach and his uh, players to tell him what to do. He knew what he was doing. And now he wants to pass it off on someone else. Give me a friggin' break. You know, I be a man. Stand up for the fact that you screwed this whole thing up. And if it wasn't for the fact that we had four lucky bounces that and the ball went in, we'd be in the same position we are today without a chip. <laughs> okay? That's all I got to say at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. A little bit more on the positive side. You know, we did get a trade. I screwed that line. And another thing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, I knew this was going to be a great pod. Um, Kelly Olenek, Ochai, Abaji, our Raptors now. I don't even remember the deal. Was it a first-round pick, Otto and Kier Lewis Jr.? You know what? I think it was it was a lo- it was a low-key move, but I think in terms of long-term value, I thought it was. I think it's going to fall more on the positive side. And I think you're kind of seeing the value of having somebody like Kelly Olenek. I really feel like that was the nail in the coffin for Chris Boucher minutes because I felt that the reason why Boucher wasn't getting that playing time is because he wants Coach Darko wants Kelly production from Boucher. But like that just reinforces what this Raptors organization has done for years is ask players to step out of their comfort zone and overextend themselves rather than maximizing and highlighting their strengths. But all that aside, they turn nothing into something. I love the idea of having a point of attack defender on this team. That's not named Dennis Schroeder. I love that he has uh, upside on the offensive end. He He's kind of like, a raw Malik Monk. Like, that's the kind of vibe I see from him. Minus the facilitating. I think in terms of athleticism, I think in terms of defense, he might have a slight edge on, on the defensive side over Monk. But in terms of offense, we know Monk is more polished. But I think at minimum, that's where his ceiling could be. And I mean, what can we say that hasn't already been said about Kelly Olenek up until this point? He He's a, he's a big man that can that's team first. He's a willing passer. He's a great rebounder. He's not bad on defense, and he can space the floor, something that we've been asking for for quite some time. So, Kenyon, I'm going to start with you. How do you feel about the Olenek uh, Abaji trade? Uh, I'll start with the positive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Listen, man, it's it's one of those things where uh, I do think it was the right move. Masai said it right out the jump. Even if you go back two years ago, Masai said it. 
we don't really care about this draft basically <laughs> right and then again even this when after the moves were made he basically outlined that they are they don't want to keep all the picks i was okay because they got rid of the worst first round pick the second round pick they kept so it's not it, you it's not a guaranteed contract there's a lot of financial implications there which are positive and good you maintain flexibility but also you traded a guy on basically paternity leave you know and kyra lewis who most people were trying to hype up this dude and i was like don't be you know don't you know do the opposite of don't put your phone down um <laughs> and lo and behold they're gone and it, like before we even like people were like man when is Darko gonna play kyra lewis and i'm like he did two of 14 in the g league and we turned that into kelly o uh who is at least as far as we know interested in staying here let's see if they actually offer the contract uh you know because we, we we you know in subsequent deals we had to get off uh 1.5 million so we'll see how cheap we are but uh i think that looks good uh we know what he did for fiba we know he's a good uh playmaking center he does a lot uh, a lot more uh from an offensive utility standpoint than purtle and he's a different center than purtle uh, I, I like it. Uh, from the Obaji side, uh, I say he's kind of like Danny Green. He hasn't had a fair run at it in the NBA because his first year, he was traded for Donovan Mitchell before he even touched the court, if I'm not mistaken, or very early on at least. So he's kind of been bounced around a little bit, and now hopefully he has you know a little bit of time from a front office side of things. We don't have to negotiate any contract with him for two years, which I like. Yeah, I, I don't see that as being unrealistic and unfair at all. I think that's a fair point. Uncle Nige, how are you feeling, man? Yeah, you know what? That that trade I'm good with. Um, I think Kelly is what we you, we need from a, a center, right? Even though I'm not a big fan of, of offense-first centers, uh, he gives you that spacing, right? That's what we need at the end of the day, right? Especially if you're going to have a guy like... RJ is kind of, you know, he kind of is a little bit of a floor cramper at this point, right? Um, but I think he gives, I think Kelly gives you the floor, and I think Ochai gives you some ceiling, right? So that's how uh, that's how I see it. So it's a, it's a good deal. It's a good deal for what we got. Mac, what do you think, brother? Yeah, I think the Kelly move was great, especially for if you're thinking about re-signing him for another like two years. Uh, I could see it being a great gateway to move off of a Pirtle in another deal. And then you can bring in a Nick Claxton or, or somebody who's switchable and athletic at that center spot. Give us another lob threat. Someone for uh, quickly to work with so he doesn't have to rely on floaters all the time. He can kind of lob it up and see if someone can go up and catch it for him. Um, so that's a good thing there. And obviously the stretch big ability from Kelly and his playmaking is near the elite. If you guys listen to my episode, I broke down. <laughs> Fabulous down five episode, guys. fabulous episode, you know, not a broke shameless a plug, not a shameless plug. <laughs> and um, yeah, with Ochai, you know, it's it's good to bet on some upside with a late first round pick. There's no harm in that. You had to pick, what, three, four picks after that one anyway. Um, I, I know you said Malik Monk, Curls. I, I see another Malik in his game and like a Malik Beasley type. Right. Once that shot goes down, I, I don't see him creating a lot off the dribble, but he will be a good catch and shoot threat. He will be a capable defender and he will bring good energy. He just seems like a guy, a good vibes guy who will want to learn and want to progress with Toronto, you know, so good deal. 
Yeah, yeah, no, no, no doubt. Um, maybe, maybe I'm looking at it from an aesthetic look. Like maybe I see a little bit of Malik Monk in him. In but, yourself? Uh, not, I, I, not, I, I, not, I, not, I, not I, myself. I physical I, similarities. All <laughs> NBA hug number one. Curly <laughs> man, there he is. <laughs> you know, you know, this don't happen by accident. For me. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let's talk about a lesser deal. This, this one. I understood it from a financial standpoint, but like the fact that they moved off of Thad, you know, uh, Uncle Knight's favorite player and my favorite player as well. Dennis Schroeder, I guess we all feel the same way about Dennis, though he was productive. I, you know, Let's I know, give I'm him not his negative due. on Dennis. I'm not negative on Dennis. I think he's a great second point guard. Yeah, right? for sure. For sure. Definitely should not have been in that primary role for off the jump. And we traded him for Spencer Dinwiddie, which we bought out, and now he's a Laker. I think for me, I was excited about the idea of getting Dennis Smith Jr. And the fact that we did not get anyone in that deal. Like, I, hold on to Spencer for a bit, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, use his offensive uh, gifts for a little bit. I, I don't know. Like, that, that one, like, I get it, but I didn't like it. I think the only positive is that you're, you're able to move that salary. And for, for that, and he got paid. You know, because of that, bought out, and now he's a son. So everything is coming up on the bright side of things, no pun intended, for Thaddeus Young. But do you, are you guys just as confused with that deal as I am? And I'll start with you, Mac. Yeah, it, what that deal showed me is that they do not like Schroeder. <laughs> they, they <laughs> if they didn't want to have one more year with him, I think he wasn't the leader they expected him to be. I think they probably saw him um, as like a security blanket for Darko, where Darko gets into this auto sub pattern in his game. Like he doesn't really read the flow of the game as much as he should, or at least I think he should. Who who am I compared to him? But you know what I mean? Like I feel like he kind of goes back to Dennis when he's not sure what to do. It's 2K auto subs, man. Yeah. That's, that's what like it is, that. you know? Yeah. So I think. They, they kind of took that away from Darko to really see what he has as far as um, finding the right matchups and right combinations of players to produce on the court. So, yeah, I don't uh, the deal didn't make sense to me, but I can I can see why they went for it as far as Dimwitty. But to release him right after, I wish he, they tried to trade him because I like, <laughs> like <what? laughs> it doesn't really make sense to me in that aspect. I can see why you got rid of Dennis, but I don't see why you waved. Dimwitty, is that what I'm trying to say? You know, you know what I what I struggle with. You resigned Thad to that deal, but then you yeah. just dashed away Dinwiddie. Like I don't get it. It didn't make sense. Um, Uncle Nige, how do you feel about your favorite player leaving? I, I just no. It's not even about that. It's about what Messiah for the last five, six, ten years has always been known as this horse trader who could get every deal to work for him. You know. And he just basically, where was this last year when we could have got something done? You know, where was this the year before that when we could have got something done? All of a sudden, he just giving away the farm. I'm like, what the hell is he doing all of a sudden, right? Before it was draft picks, but now it's like, you get a player, you get a player, you get a player, and you get a player, you know? It's like, who is this guy? I don't even know who this guy is. I think he's off his meds. He's off his meds, boys. Something has changed here with this guy. I don't know what it is, but. I don't. It doesn't make sense. None of this stuff is making. Only thing, actually, the only thing I thought was that they made a bunch of promises to Schroeder to get him here, right? He was going to be this, and they were going to be do this with him, right? 
And uh, he ended up being taking a backseat, and they're trying to like create some goodwill of some kind. Maybe I don't know. That's the only other reason I think I can. They would make a trade like this. Your goodwill was sending the man to Brooklyn. That that, that was better, your show better than face. sitting here being yelled at by every fan that comes out and sitting on the bench and whatever else goes on. You know, fair, fair enough. I, I feel that I think if this team was winning more, Dennis yes. would probably be here. Yeah, this is a whole different conversation to so many different levels, right? If we for, winning, sure, right? for sure, for um, sure. Kenyon, how, how do you feel about that deal? I feel like, uh, so I was talking to Bjorn, uh about this, and <laughs> yeah, him and Coach were like, were these deals done by two different people? Yeah. Right? Like, at some <laughs> point, like, one deal was competent, one deal came through, and it was early, because usually you're like, you know, I'm gonna just check the Woj tweet just to see what's going on today. All of a sudden, Raptors. I'm like, no way. Yeah. There is no way. I was like, we're one of the first people to make a deal. I'm like, yo, we're, we're the Blackberry's fired up. It was charged that day. It was charged. Yeah, it was. It was charged. It, <laughs> hey, man, I still have a bold somewhere back there. And uh, yeah, but um, the thing is, the next one is like we went to the swap meet. Right. <laughs> it's like, what happened? We couldn't. We know the contenders that were interested in Dinwiddie because it's been rumored for a long time. The, the, he ended up on one of them that we've been talking about for the longest time. We couldn't have gotten anything. I, I feel like they, they, they left it to the end of the buzzer. We're focused on the brown deal and then said, heck, let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's get her done and all of a sudden you know the the dude who which by the way toronto is such a unique market and i don't mean this in an offensive way but i think we're the only major market in north american sports for basketball specifically where a a, a the equivalent of a backup point guard is on not just a podcast but on like one of the like the top podcasts listened to for raptors okay it just doesn't happen like that. You you don't see, I'm just trying to think, you don't see Herb Jones in some podcast, the top podcast in New Orleans, okay? You definitely don't see any of those LA guys doing that because LeBron's going to be on them, okay? So, you, you know, JHS, you know, Max Christie, and they, they on, they're not on a podcast, okay? And I don't have an issue with the podcast. It's just, it's that podcast every week telling, hey, this is what happened in the locker room. And did you, did I tell you what Darko thought? So I think it was a good move. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, All right. You know, we could talk about this forever. Okay. Kenyon, give me a quick grade. Just give me a letter grade. I think everybody knows how we feel up until this point. Give me a letter grade. Actually, no, before we get into the letter grade, Bruce Brown not being moved. Negative, positive, neutral. How do you guys feel about that, Kenyon? Uh, honestly, I think it's fine. He retains his value in the summer. I think uh, you know, I'll 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 plug Max Pod too, <laughs> as well as this one. People need to listen to both. Um, honestly, he retains value. His option date is after the draft. You can trade him at the draft. There's different options. You can get off the money that way. I mean, if say our favorite Chicago Bulls, you do a deal with them, you take on Lonzo Ball. I'm just making this up off the top of my head. Money is around the same. You take on Lonzo Ball, you do a pick swap. You move that that Pacers pick up for there. That's a deal that you could do. Boom, done. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Nige, what do you think? 
I don't know. Just one of those things. I, it just it just looks seems like we're going in circles. Where I don't know what what it's a roulette wheel right now. The team, who's going to end up where? What's going to end up doing what? I have no idea. I'm putting my money on eight, and that's all it is. Fair, fair enough, uh, Mac. Give me give me a letter grade, brother, on on the front office. Uh, I guess in season moves or moves in general. Give me a letter grade. Uh, I do C plus. Sure. Uncle Nige? Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, sure. Good as any grade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kenyon, what do you think? Yeah, C+. Plus. They passed the test. But what's the test, though, Kenyon? That's the thing, right? At the end of the day, for me. That's, like, I mean, that's a good question. They passed? <laughs> they, right? they passed. They handed in the homework late, but they, they passed. Yeah. <laughs> they passed. I, I would say it's more so, you know, they had the answers. To the test, and they still got it wrong. Like, like that's the it was way open I, book. Like, it, it was an open book, book. <laughs> in the class too. Yeah, in, in the, the class, class, you have the book in the class. But you know, <laughs> like they have the answer sheet, but they're still writing it on their forearm. You know what I mean? And then out smudged. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think C plus is fair. Um, and I think a lot of that. I think a lot of that for me is the Pascal deal. I think they really dropped the ball, and the fact that you weren't able to retain value of a, of a player for for pascal's caliber i think it was a huge huge mistake on there and yeah go ahead mac sorry i had a question for you curly so a starting lineup of quickly barrett barnes pascal and pertle would they win more games than this team right now let me answer you uh, we'll answer that question i have locked in a bet for 36 and a half wins we would hit the over a hundred percent i nice. firmly i firmly believe that do I feel that I just made a donation? Yes, I do feel <laughs> I made a donation. I don't think that is going to hit. Or or you know what? At best, I hit 36. I think they get 36 wins. I don't get my money back. I don't make anything on it. That's what I feel about that. Man, it would have been interesting if we had that that core that I just mentioned and we added Olenic to that to give that contrast from the Pirtle situation. Yeah, hundred percent. But you see that that's that's the frustrating thing, Mac. You know, we're we're I'm gonna I'm gonna steal uh, Samson's turn. Shout out Samson, Samson folk. We're schlubs, and even we recognize that. You know what I mean? And these guys are getting paid tens of millions of dollars, and it's like that hasn't crossed your mind at all. If you're trying to win, right, you want to put the best product available. And I think right now they're creating a scenario where it could possibly be negative more so than positive because you got three young players spearheading the way that all want to win losing is not doing them any favors losing is not going to you know make them into great players right maybe it might test their mental fortitude but in terms of turning their skill set into something positive and something positive for this organization i really struggle with that idea but i i will close with this idea or this thought they created all this cap space for what? When have we done anything <laughs> positive with cap space? I don't remember the last time we've done anything positive. The last time we had cap space, we overpaid for Boucher and Thad. Go ahead, Kenyon. <laughs> well, the la- last time we got <laughs> sorry, last time we got cap space, we were uh, we got yacht. Oh wait, we didn't get Giannis. Sorry. Oh wait! Yeah, sorry. Oh. You're the Baines, Baines and Len. Yes, that is oh. even worse. 
That is even uh, Kenyan. I'm gonna disconnect you, man. I, I, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like those wounds healed, man, and you're just rehashing them, brother. But no, Valley I Point, still man. got my iodine ready to <laughs> splash it on the back. Yeah, well, you are going to school to be a doctor, right? I think so. Some sort of doctor. I don't care what you are, but you're gonna have to mend my wounds, please. After this pod, um, it's a long-term you- <laughs> gains. Long-term gains. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know what? This second question doesn't make sense anymore, boys. Talking about the rebuild, I think we kind of, you know kind of touched on it and we we know what it is already but let's talk about the the topic du jour scotty gate scotty (laughs) leaving early this is where we are fellas this is where we are we are focusing on the future the franchise player leaving a few seconds early then losing to the san antonio spurs by nearly 30 points this is what we're focusing on it is crazy I'm just going to start off by saying, who cares? Really and truly, who cares that he walked off the floor early? We know the kid's a competitor. One of the greatest of all time, not my goat, but one of the greatest of all time, walks off habitually. Nobody cares. Well, they care about LeBron, but nobody cares. I don't care. Scotty's a competitor. Is it optically a good look? No. I'll tell you what's even worse. The fact that we're getting two different stories and uh, from Darko and Scotty, I think that's a terrible look. That is actually worse than him leaving early. Honestly, let's focus on the bigger issues. Let's focus on the team underperforming. Let's focus on the fact that Coach Darko has had two different teams, players that can highlight his coaching style, and has still failed to figure it out. Let's talk about the idea wait, wait, that... Wait, did you just call Darko a failure? Is that what you just said? Uh-oh. N- no. <laughs> I'm saying he's, he's still handing in the failed. assignment. <laughs> I say his approach has failed. I'm not calling him a failure. You know what? I'm I'm willing to give him no seriousness. I'm willing to give him a buy in year one because I really feel that Masai has done this guy no favors. I, I I really feel that he is setting him setting him up to fail. But I also feel that that Darko should hold some of this weight as well because. His strength is developing young players. His strength, that's why we brought him in. He's Mr. Positive. I think I think Nige said it best. He's a car he's a car salesman, right? He's selling a good idea. And right now we got a lemon. The car, <laughs> the car is is not what it was originally seen. This is not what we paid for. Oh, but I will say this. We got bigger issues to be focusing on. And Mac, I'll I'll start with you. Scotty's your guy. He's my guy. You made me a Scotty believer. So I'm not even going to spearhead all of this, even though I kind of did. But, Mac, I'll let you take the floor. Are we making a big deal out of something? and Or are we making a big deal out of nothing, I should say? Yeah, I think that situation of him leaving a little early wasn't a big deal to me. Uh, what was you kind of touched on it is the miscommunication. And the <laughs> it wasn't really the same story that Darko gave us, that what uh, Scotty gave us. But on top of that what kind of stood out to me is when they said you're kind of the leader of the team, Scotty deflected and said, no, we're all leaders of the team. <laughs> right? So in my head, I'm like, well, you kind of wanted the reins. And then now when Ish hits the fan, you're kind of pushing it back onto the team. If you want to be a leader, I know it's growing pains. I know it's a situation where you're trying to figure out who you are in this league and you're trying to figure out how to deal with double teams and people focusing in on you, but you got to own up to it. You got to step up and say, you know what? My bad. I'm learning. Let's keep moving. Don't deflect. 
don't don't um not like don't un don't not acknowledge what's going on around you and act like everything's okay. I think that's what I want to see from a leader. I think he's going to learn from it, but it's not a big deal to me. Uncle Nigel, what's your what's your take on Scotty Gate? I think it's hard to ask a twenty two year old kid to to be a leader of men at these circumstances and to take responsibility in the way that we're expecting him to take it. You know, um, like like Max said, he's going through a lot on the on the court and he's dealing with a lot, you know, just from all the pressure that we're giving him as fan base, as coaches said that he's going to be the face of the t- of the league. You know, Messiah is basically, he, the reins are being given over. There's a ton of pressure being placed on this kid. And you can get why he would walk away after a game where he shot like, what was he got? Seven points, nine assists, and nine rebounds. You know, it was on three or 15 shooting, something like that. Uh, you can see why this stuff is just going to mount and mount and mount and mount. And I think we put the kid in a bad, bad scenario. And I'm, I'm not going to mention the fact that we had Siakam here and it would have helped him a lot out to keep that guy. But, you know. We got to go with timelines, and we got to do with other these other things, right? But and the kid's in a bad situation, and I don't blame him for doing what he did. He's he's, it's not something that I would do, but I'm an old man, you know. He's 22. It's what it is. Kenyon, what do you think, brother? Uh, well, first of all, Mac is one of the few people on Twitter that has actually seen the interview of Scotty and mentioned the more concerning part to me, which is how he answered the leadership question. You know, when the last equivalent of a straight, because Toronto, we can never have two stars at once, apparently. Uh, I don't know why, you know, you got to trade VC, you got to get rid of Bosch, there can only be one, right? Fair enough. But after the last time when DeMar was there and it's like, hashtag, I got us, you know, like, uh, prove them, right? You need Mm -hmm. a statement like that. I don't know if if Scotty needs a better PR team or better media training from that standpoint, but that's what you would have wanted to see. That's what Raptor fans were looking for. Instead, it was kind of like, well, you know, we talked about it. (laughs) okay uh so overall i do i have an issue with it i you know it's not a good look it's probably easier to hide that stuff in tampa to be honest (laughs) when you know you don't have full access with the open gym and stuff like that and social distancing fair enough but uh is it the worst thing in the world no but if we're gonna say that he's 22 and stuff like that then i'm gonna go with my original take is that you're you just strap in boys for the for the roller coaster as oh boy we are on a roller coaster and that is okay that's part of the fun of it but you you can't be comparing him to lebron and stuff like that lebron did it against boston yeah uh it was uh you know going into an overtime game for starters which we were not (laughs) (laughs) plus it's lebron so i mean you know it is what it is um i'll just say something really 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 quickly which is that uh i i feel like in some ways darko set this man up with the face of the league comments uh that you know because Wemby took that personal (laughs) Yeah, we got a whoping, uh, you know. What do you we, think about that? No? 
<laughs> I, I, trust me, I've been thinking about it every single time. I'm like, when's Giannis coming in next? <laughs> you know, like yeah, Luca. They we, we're 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 lucky that we've passed a lot of these guys already in in the season, and we don't have a lot coming up. But when you say that type of thing, it, it paints a target on the young man's back, and it's 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 uh it's very very interesting. So uh, I I. Yeah, I I just I have a little bit of concerns from 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 that standpoint, and I think that uh, you know we do have to get better aligned, so to speak, between our you know he needs to recognize that he is the leader as well as the lead uh, head coach for now. Um, need to be more aligned. It makes me think. Sorry, guys. Um, does Darko make it to season two on his career? Yeah, I think if he doesn't. It's another blemish on this front office. But mm. at the same time, too, what's another? They have plenty. I just think they're gonna <laughs> run out of I think they're just gonna run out of room. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like three quarters of the apple is bruised. Like we only got one red part left. You know yeah. what I mean? The rest the rest is browning to, to a rotten core. But like the, the the one thing I will say about Darko, having two different teams, having um a carousel of players come come in and go out. I think a lot of that kind of factors in. Do I absolve him of everything? No. Do I feel his decision-making is poor at times? Yes. Do I feel that his rotations don't make sense? Yes. Do I feel that he should be uh, dipping in to the bench a little bit more? This this is supposed to be a young, developing team. We heard it from Masai. We heard it from Bobby. Why aren't the young guys playing? Why aren't the two-way guys playing? What do you have to lose at this point? You know what I mean? Like, what are what are we trying to accomplish? Yeah, we talked about picking in direction, and to Kenyon's point, you know, we're still kind of struggling with that. Do we want the pick? Do we not want the pick? Like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? I just say, let them play. Let them play. If you're going to go down, go down swinging. Go down with a little bit of pride, a little bit of effort. You know, we, we pivot off of Nick Nurse and Fred because they were too harsh. You know, they were too mean. They were rough around the edges, too much sandpaper, whatever, however you want to describe it. And now look at where we are. A lot of hand-holding, a lot of kumbaya, you know, roasting uh, marshmallows by the fire. And where is that getting us? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm for a rebuild. I don't, I, and I don't think we have much of a choice. But what they're building right now is not something positive. They're developing bad habits, you know? To me, the biggest the biggest thing that really sticks out is not getting back on defense. I understand that we don't have OG, we don't have Schroeder, we don't have Fred. I get all that. But you're a young athletic team and you guys can't get back on defense. Points off turnovers last night to a team that doesn't really push it up the floor because they have Wemby. 32 points off of those turnovers. I think it was 19. I don't think I've seen a team average more turnovers than threes than the Raptors do this season. It is absolutely ridiculous. And that's not growing pains. That's not growing pains. Like those are harsh lessons. And I and last I checked, you learn from these experiences. And I really feel that there's a huge disconnect going around with, with the front office, with the coaching staff, and with the players. It, it just seems like what they envision or what they're seeing from this team is not what's happening in reality. It's like they see Scotty, they see Grady, they see RJ, they see IQ, and they see like, wow, this is a great future to build around. But in the reality right now, to get to that point, it's not pretty. What do you guys think about that? I'll say something quickly and I'll let these guys go. To everything that you just said, rebuild is what we needed. But at the same time, effort should never be questioned. 
these are guys searching for an opportunity. These are guys who were in situations where they didn't get the ball they, the way they wanted. They didn't want to score the way they wanted. These are guys playing for contracts, I might add. Contracts. This is this is their livelihood. So effort should never be an issue with the, with a rebuild. And that's why we're running to these issues because it looks like they don't care. They're kind of going through the motions. I'm not saying they don't, but the effort is never really there until later in the game. But yeah, these guys can go go off. <laughs> Uncle Nige, go. You're locked and loaded. I see it. I'm not. I'm not locked and loaded. You know what? I don't. I, I. I've lost my passion to one. Like I used to be very angry at Chris Boucher for things. Now I say, oh, Chris Boucher, it's okay. That's it's the new gentle me at this point. Okay, and the new gentle me says there's a lot, a lot, a lot of things wrong with this team. Okay, there's so much here that needs to be fixed. Uh, the uh, okay, I'll say it. They hired the wrong guy right off the get-go. Darko should not have been the coach. I don't even know how he got the job. I don't know what he did to get the job. I'm not I'm not gonna say anything about the the black mafia, okay? Or anything these things that uh, with, with Chris uh, what's what, what's that guy's name? Uh, Cat Cat Williams. I'm not bringing up any of these thoughts, okay? Of how he got his job. Okay? All I gotta say is the wrong guy was put in place. By the management team who should know a lot, lot better. And it that does not help anything. Okay. That just makes everything worse. Kenyon, finish it off for me, buddy. I know you got you're young, you're passionate. Kill it, buddy. <laughs> uh, I mean, I wrote down some notes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't so, go Missy uh, Elliott on us. He's gonna flip it and reverse it. Go, yeah, yeah, let me let me get my let, let me get my milk crate out and uh, the you know the boom <laughs> mic and let let's 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 get her done. Um, get it. Uh, first of all, uh, I seven games into the season, I said, uh, "What was it like under Jay Triano?" Because I was a little younger and I couldn't really understand when coaches got fired. Uh, I got yelled at. Uh, <laughs> now look where we are. <laughs> uh, just going to put that out there first. Darko is an interesting character. People wanted the soft approach, as you said, at the same time now that now they're asking for a bit more of the stick over the carrot. What do people want? You heard JJ Redick outline a little, just little tidbits of him, you know, talking to the front office, of course, and basically telling them, y'all don't have the players to do that style. <laughs> right? Like, a lot of this was a battle of egos and wits. Nick Nurse lost the game of chess through the players. He basically said, these dudes can't play. Definitely not the way that you want them to play. So you need to either get me better dudes or not. They said, okay. Becky Hammond. Becky's like, and this is before free agency, right? She says... Of course, because Becky comes out later and says how she feels about small point guards. Why would why would Becky waste her time here? Well, you're really We're, putting the pots in the. I'm getting you now. I like that, buddy. I didn't even think about that I, again. I, I've been tracking. I I, 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 I've been watching this front office, man. <laughs> I've seen how they operate. I would hate to see your wall with string. I, I don't. I don't want to. Hey, see hey, that. There's, 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 it's, it's just amino acid compounds. It's nothing. Nothing that cool. <laughs> But but <laughs> but yeah, and it's just you know, it's it's like that kind of thing. We literally spent months on a coaching search. The Pistons, th th listen, there were teams that were in the playoffs. Okay, fired their coach, hired a coach before us. 
That's a problem. Yeah, that, that and then crazy. we end up with this dude. No offense, Darko. Nice gentleman. Seems to you know be well liked around the league, even in terms of the vibes of the of the team. If you're into that, we talk about development. He comes out first day. We're gonna turn Precious Achua into an offensive hub. What says who? Where? When? And how? Okay. All of a sudden, then he's saying Pertle. I'm like, he's talking about Pertle in this. Everyone came into this year thinking, okay, Scotty's going to be the offensive hub. You're going to have moving around. You, you, you figured this out. Everyone, every Raptors fan had this thing in their mind of how it was going to look. We saw for one game of the preseason, and then we never saw it again because Precious Achua, he's back, and we got to give him a chance. And Malachi Flynn, we got to prove that he is an NBA player, which, by the way, he is still in the NBA. Sorry, Killian Hayes. Okay, we are still trying to figure that out until January. That's the problem, right? And the only dude that said yes is the dude that got the job. We don't know how much money he makes. We don't know how long he's supposed to be here. I don't know if he will be here. If he's gone, it's above someone else's decision. That's what I will say about that. It's like even developmentally, we had a 13th overall pick and it took until now to get him going. And then we needed to have a two week, you know, uh, you know, work camp for him. Like he was a toddler and then like the best shooter in the draft. They don't know how to use him. You hear one thing. Oh, he, they might've changed his shot. The other thing they don't know. We don't know what's going on, man. We're a mess. I'll leave it at that. I could go on and on about this topic forever. I loved every minute of that. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too, man. Especially no, no. the 29 games it took him to change the starting lineup, <laughs> which was nuts. <laughs> and then the fact that he said that the first time he saw a truer play, he thought, that guy can pass. And I'm like, I watched the guy for three years. I never saw him pass once, so I don't know what the hell he's Na- Nigel, the fir- Nigel, the first time they asked him about Pascal Siakam, it was like, I'm sorry, but I'm not familiar with your game. Yeah, he dismissed <laughs> like, him, kind of. Yeah, facts. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I have to watch the film on that. Oh, right, that's right. We're in a lawsuit still. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Can I ask one question? This being a Raptor centric pod, how did Killian Hayes, a former piston, catch a stray? <laughs> <laughs> because, hey, Raptor fans want spot. us to pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. He might be here soon. <laughs> we hey, have the you, roster spots. You know, you know what, man? You know what's so crazy to me about all of this and we're talking about it? It's like, we want to talk about a pivot or alluding to the idea of a pivot, how we pivoted off of forwards to now an abundance oh. of guards. Oh, like where, where's the balance? Where is the balance between the two? I Can I, have can no I make idea. one more point about that? Go ahead. It's, man. This fire. reminds me of a friend. Okay. My friend used to, he used to date this really tall girl. He broke up with her. He go for the, he, now he's hitting a small girl, right? We basically did the exact same thing, but in NBA terms. I, don't <laughs> I really hope your friend don't don't listen to this podcast because he could have caught a straight too. Nah, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think the wrong guy was locked and loaded tonight. I was looking at Uncle Nigel. I think it's really Kenyan, man. Holy smokes! But you you know what? It's 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 interesting. You know that that so many storylines about the same team in the same season exists. It's mind-boggling. Like, this is not what a rebuild is supposed to look like. And I know some people on Twitter are criticizing some people in the press about what an idea of a rebuild would look like, and I think you know who I'm all alluding to. But a rebuild is supposed to be... It's not supposed to be like this. There's supposed to be opportunity. 
There's supposed to be, you know, wins and lessons along the way, but none of those things are happening right now. You know, we, we are getting blown out every single game. I think there was a crazy stat that, that Blake said on the Raptors show, and this was maybe up until the Houston game, that the Raptors have been down double digits 27 times in the first half as of last Friday. Like, that is insane to me. And I think we could probably round that up to 30. I'm not even including what's going to happen against the Pacers game. I'm not feeling very confident about that. I think Pascal is going to absolutely have a field day on us at our expense. And it's going to be like, here, I told you so. You know, you could have just paid me and none of this could have happened. I would have dropped a 30-piece on you. Or, or maybe, you know what, it's emotional. And, you know, we we get the opposite and his teammates elevate him. All I know is that this current scenario isn't beneficial for any young player's development. That That's where I'm sitting with all of this. But I will say, out of all of this chaos, Grady Dick's resurgence is a positive. Let's focus on that, boys. Grady Dick hitting consecutive threes in five straight games, looking like a player that belongs. He's competing. They are setting screens for him, and he's finding success. Who would have thought setting screens for a shooter would have led to positive results? I think Nigel in his sleep could have figured that out. Like, what, what, who got the strain? Who's getting the strain? No, no, no. no, no. I, I love you, Uncle Nigel. You sexy chocolate almond. Um, <laughs> but let, let's talk about that, you know? Like, I think it's very interesting, like, with, with all the struggles that this team is having, like, Grady is that that shining light in all of this. I mean, it was Scotty in the early part of this season, and that kind of tapered off a little bit. But I think the fall off for Scotty was, I don't think any of us expected it to be like this, but I think it was going to happen once Pascal was gone, once OG was gone, once he was going to be the focal point. I think there was, this was going to happen. And I think there's going to be an adjustment period. I think if there's anybody in the league or on this team specifically needs a break, it's definitely Scotty needs to recharge his batteries, whatever the case might be. Maybe being around some veterans on All-Star Weekend will do him some some good. But Grady has been spectacular. I don't know why it took him so long to figure out how to use him. But, Mac, you're a draft guy. You know, you, you're you out here making predictions for 2029. I have no idea how you do it. <laughs> but let, let's talk about Grady, brother. Have you been – I mean, we, we're all impressed. But how do you like – the fact that Grady was non-existent in the first half of the season and the later parts of this season, he is somewhat relevant. And I dare I say, potentially a starting lineup candidate. I mean, remember my, I hate having to do this, but remember my episode, Shooter Shooting Blanks, where I said it would take around 20 career games or so, because that's around the trajectory um, Kyle Korver had. It was around his 20th game or so where he got his rhythm and got adjusted to the three-point line and this team was able to incorporate him off movement. Same thing is happening. I'm just Brady. convinced that you're a mole for the Raptors, but that's oh, no. how I feel. <laughs> I, I'm just, I just make decent guesses, I guess. But yeah, I, <laughs> I think he, I think he's a candidate to start. And it, it's refreshing because you look at the Gary Trent Jr. situation and then you look at free agency at the shooting guard position and getting like pure shooters. Um, Malik Monk is a guy that everyone's going to want. Uh, Markel Fultz is not really the shooter you're going to really want. So go, heading into free agency... Knowing that Gary Trent Jr. might not be the answer and not having a backup plan would have stressed us out more than any other situation. So it's good that we have Grady developing right before our eyes. Um, he could be somebody in the future 
that that takes that shooting guard spot and really plays off of Scotty well. I don't know how the backcourt of him and quickly will look like as a long term thing, though. That kind of scares me. And I, what's scaring me, too, is that we have so many things developing at the same time that it's going to look ugly at times. Like quickly needs to learn how to become a lead guard. He's still figuring things out, still figuring out how to pace himself around the offense. And those things, at the same time of having Grady running off screens, it's it's going to be a little bit messy with those two in the backcourt long term. So I, I'm a little iffy there. Daniel, how are you feeling, brother? So to Max's last point, I think a lot of this comes back down to what is Scotty Barnes. And Darko doesn't lie. I'll say that. he does. He, he's One thing about Darko, he does not lie. He said, I don't know. <laughs> um, so in terms of how different pairings go, that's going to dictate a lot because we, you have between now and the end of the season to figure out, is he a point guard? Is he not? And then what do you put around that if, it, you know, if you're going to go in that direction or continue to go in that direction? Or, you know, Mac is probably thinking of, you know, Dylan Harper or other, <laughs> or other guys down the road. Fair enough. Uh, in terms of Grady, I mean, I said to people before, well well back in september people laughed at me i said he's gonna shoot i expect him to shoot around 36 percent by the end of the season well i look just now and he is shooting 36.2 percent for the season um you know i just you know people be patient be patient i i do think that there were ways that they weren't really utilizing him i mean we saw the summer league team that we trotted out with him and said you know go make something happen I mean, our you compare our summer league team to OKC's summer team, uh, summer league team. I know that that's not the fairest comparison, but they brought they brought their squad minus Shea. Okay, we brought a bunch of dudes that ain't gonna make the league and didn't make the league, other than Grady. So it I know it leads to a bigger discussion of the pipeline and all that kind of stuff. But about Grady, I'm more than happy. I just I think that they're using him properly as a movement shooter, and that is the key. Absolutely, Uncle Nige, how are you feeling, man? I I don't know. Everyone's just panicking about this kid. You know, it's a great shooter. He's gonna shoot at some point, right? He's gonna figure it out. Like that's that's the one skill he has at an umpteen level. I'm sure he can transfer over to the NBA from you know from Kansas. It's not it's not that big a deal, right? So I was never really worried about him, but uh, unlike these two guys, I've my predictions have not been so good this year anyway. So I remember I was on uh, Samson's uh, pod, and uh, we were talking about wins and losses, and I said it was right after the Dallas game, and I said, uh, yeah, after this Dallas win, I, I'm I'm upping it from forty to forty five wins to forty five to fifty wins. So I, I kind of suck at this whole prediction thing. <laughs> Hey, Uncle Nige, I, I, I hate to disappoint you, but we are not hitting the over on that again anytime <laughs> soon. Don't worry, I made a donation on both our behalfs. Oh, um, but I, uh, one thing I want to ask you guys, um, IQ, he's a very interesting player, and I know this is an impromptu question, but does he need to be this pass-first guard? Why can't he just be a bucket getter? Isn't point guard Scotty a thing still? Because like, this what is... fan base does not like a guy to have the ball and not give it straight away to Scotty Barnes. Okay, if a guy takes a shot at the, from, from as a as a point guard, this fan base will freak out. Give Scotty touches, touch, 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 touch. He needs his touches. Give him some more touches. That's all I heard for the last two years. Get rid of Siakam. Get rid of OG. They're taking away his touches. 
So now what does the guy have to pass to? Who? What does he have around him? I don't know, buddy. I'm just so... You know what? I'm going to start crying anymore. <laughs> Take it away, Mac. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Take it away, Mac. Go ahead. I mean, it goes some tears for Uncle Nice, huh? It goes to my it goes to my last point where we have too many things developing at the same time. Like, so it's gonna look ugly, and that's what's happening with with the IQ at point guard position. And IQ, he made it point to say when he when he came here that he wants to show that he can play make. As a coach, I'd be like, listen, you came here because you could score. Scotty needs a score beside him. We'll we'll deal with the playmaking when we're up twenty in a game right we don't need that right now in the beginning of games you gotta you need to be a little bit more firm with these players and put them in position to use their strengths i know it's a developing year i know it's rebuilding but you can't rebuild if you're getting blown out three 30 points <laughs> you know what i mean like you got to be able to compete and show your strengths so you can use your 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 time and 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 leads to to try new things and that's what the problem with this team right now they're trying too many new things and then by the time we want to compete, we're, we're fighting back from 20 down every game. Denon, I see you nodding positively. Please share your thoughts, brother. Well, I think that the, okay, the scheduling has worked in our favor. We got to see Memphis in quick succession with two different teams on both ends, from us and from them. And that told me a lot. Because during that game, someone asked me a question. Are we really that less talented than Memphis? And I said, yeah. And they said, really? Because we got Scotty Barnes. And I said, they got Jaw, who's not playing, right? They have Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, who's an, uh, you know, a former defensive player of the year. Triple J, who's a defensive player of the year. They didn't even have a center for the whole season. Okay. Yeah. And they were playing Gigi Jackson, which respect to Gigi. I, I was high on him as well. A coach told me. And also Mac and I probably discussed him as well. But they brought their C squad. They whooped us. There, there's a talent difference. That, that's kind of where we're at. In terms of the Scotty stuff, it's funny because I made a joke and it went past uh, someone, which was hilarious. And I, and I so I just basically said, uh, not this past game, I, I said the game before, I said, Scotty's being held back by Boucher. <laughs> <laughs> and the person said, so Scotty held him back from 24, 10, and, t and, I, and I'm just like, listen, man, <laughs> jokes are like frogs, okay? This is a very good and important point. I, I know, it's funny. I know who that person is. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. That's not the point, though. <laughs> but jokes are like frogs, okay? And the thing about frogs is you can you can under have a better understanding of frogs by dissecting them, but at the end of the day, the joke like the frog is dead. Ooh, wow! Look at that. Yo, so from now on, just say it's the frog. <laughs> <laughs> Kenyon is absolutely spitting today. My goodness, but yeah, you know, I just want these players to be themselves, and I want them to have a runway to be themselves. Why, why do we have to put these players in a box, you know? Like, IQ is a phenomenal scoring guard. Let him be that. RJ is a bullying wing. Let him, be, let him do that. Scotty is baby Giannis on a great day. Let him do that. You know, let these players play up to their strengths, play up to their skill set. And I, I really feel like this was, this was inevitable when Masai said, we want to see how these players are going to play in Darko's system. I don't think I've ever heard that 
Normally, you want the coach to come in here and figure it out with the players. Not the other way around because you want to know what? Who are you going to get rid of quicker than 12 active players? You're going to get rid of a coach. You know, so I never understood that logic. And I think we're kind of seeing those diminishing returns right now with that thought process. But it cannot be this difficult to coach a team like this. When you got RJ, IQ, and Scotty as your core, you got Grady Dick waiting in the wins, and you got other active players. Now you got Kelly Olenek to implement as well. It should not be this difficult, but somehow it is. Maybe we're missing something. I, I, I'm not sure. But... I do see another season with Darko. I, I do see that happening. And I think that if we don't, I think it's a reflection of this front office, like I previously mentioned. But let's, Uncle Nigel, you have something to add to that? or No, I don't, you know what, I, I don't know what's been going on with this team for the last two years. You know, we've had way more talent than, than we've actually produced in wins, you know? Uh, we've seen, like, Brooklyn having more wins than us. Like, how? What oh. the, there's a whole bunch of stuff I just don't get about this team for the last couple of years, and it's going to go on for a while still, you know? Yeah, that's depressing to think about, to be honest. Oh, Kenyon, go ahead, brother. Listen, man, if we're going to get Cooper Flagg or Dylan Harper, we <laughs> no, need Darko. Have, we won't have a pick, though, with the, the draft. Are we going to get him? No, no, that's why we got Olenek, okay? So the next year... Right is where the fun really starts, with Raptors fans, and that's where we get to root for the real fun. <laughs> All right, fellas, you know something that I haven't done in a long time, or we haven't done as a collective. Talk about the NBA. There's, there's always something going on in the NBA, but let's focus more on the winners and losers of our trade deadline. Uh, Mac, give me a winner from the trade deadline. Um, I'll say the Mavericks. There's Hell like yeah. three. There's like three, but I'll say the Mavericks. I like the versatility they brought into the front court. Uh, PJ Washington can play small ball five for you if need be. Uh, scoring um, is there. Then you have Gafford gives you a nice balance of like 48 minutes of good center play because you're gonna have Gafford and then Lively manning that front court. Perfect compliments to um, Doncic's uh, pick and roll. So I, I would say Mavericks. Yeah, I agree. I thought that I thought those deals were huge for them. They didn't they pivot off of Grant Williams. I really think they made that deal because they lost Dorian Finney-Smith, so they were worried about the wing defender. Not to say that any of those guys are going to be clamping down defense on the wings for those guys. Um I I don't know about you guys, but I've never seen PJ Washington as a guy that could clamp up anybody to be honest with you. Maybe he can stay in front of them at, at minimum, but I like the idea of Gafford because he's basically a combination of a young JaVale McGee, Tyson Chandler. Like, I think he can kind of fit that kind of usage. You know what I mean? Not to say that he's going to be Tyson Chandler because Tyson Chandler is maybe an underrated player. But I think his value to that championship Mavericks team um, doesn't get spoken of enough. And I think that Gafford could possibly fit into that similar role. Yeah, I, I definitely see them as being in the front runner. Um Kenyon, what do, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the, the Mavs won the deadline. Obviously, the Knicks as well. Hell yeah. Maybe not for this year because, as as per usual, OG is now injured <laughs> for some time. But say Levy. But also, I want to give a shout-out to the Thunder. I thought that they had a really great uh, trade deadline. And uh, I think Gordon Hayward is going to be really sneaky off them. As He's probably going to be on their bench. But as a bench player, he's, is there someone in the West that's better than him off the bench? It's hard to think about if he's healthy. Agreed. Uncle Nige, 
Any thoughts on the trade deadline? Uh, not really, but uh, only thing the I think the biggest winner was Brooklyn. They got the uh, they got rid of a contract they didn't like, but <laughs> I know wanted in the league, <laughs> and uh, they got a replacement for him. And uh, some other team uh, just paid off the cash for <laughs> paid it out for them. <laughs> so that's a pretty good deal. I think that's a pretty good deal for Brooklyn. Fair enough. Um, do you have a loser in mind? No. You could. There's many. You could pick one. I don't have any losers, buddy. I'm a positive guy. I've changed. I've changed my leaf. Wow! <laughs> a whole hour and a half later, he's Mister Positive. <laughs> I mean, Lakers are usually ones that make moves at the deadline. I thought they were going to go in. I know they signed Dimwitty, uh, but I think they needed a little bit more help to make a big run again. But I think that would be. I don't know if that's a loser, but I feel like they should have pushed forward, especially with LeBron's age. I agree. Maybe not a loser per se, but yeah, they should have been, they should have done something. You know what I mean? Maybe a little bit more front court help. You know, maybe they could have pulled off a, a PJ Washington type of deal. I don't think they have the assets for that, but I think that, you know, somebody like that would have given them a different look and, you know, possibly be in a, in a usage, not on a defensive end, but an offensive end, uh, a la Anthony Davis, where he could space the floor, floor um, give guys like D'Angelo, if he possibly would have been there, but Reeves and some of the other young guys, um, opportunity to operate in that space. Um, Kenyon, you have a loser from the trade deadline? I have two. First one is Dame, because he has to deal with his best friend. The second is Banton, mainly because of what he was traded for. I've never heard of a top 55 protected second That's rounder nice. being traded for a player. <laughs> That's like that handing them insane. over. And, and let me add, there's two, if I'm not mistaken, there's two second rounders that have been forfeited in this year's draft. So we're now uh, down to 58. <laughs> oh, oh, he does, he deserves better. It's rough. <laughs> it's rough out there in these Boston streets uh, or Toronto <laughs> streets for that matter. I would say uh, an honorable mention, and now this is post-trade deadline, but Kyle Kuzma turned down a chance to be traded to the Mavericks. I, I think he's probably the biggest loser. I think he could have definitely fit right in. I don't think the Mavericks would have had to give up a hell, a hell of a lot to get a player like Kuzma there. Another 20-point scorer to go along side of Kyrie and Luka. Maybe he feels that he can lead the Wizards to the promised land by himself. Like, I don't even know who else is in that starting lineup with, with Kuzma. Is There's it, something in the water in Washington that makes people want to <laughs> give up on their careers. Yeah, what's that starting lineup? <laughs> Tyus Jones, Poole, Kuz, um, Avdia, and Bagley. Bilal, man. A Bilal even there. Yeah, they have yeah. Kispert off the bench. I, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, to be fair, like, on paper, those aren't bad players. I just don't think you're winning many games anytime soon. Yeah, you need like two stars, and then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cully, you know who I think is the biggest loser? Actually, I I got a loser. You know, I feel really bad for his Chris Boucher. Like, I don't get it. You know, they uh, when did they not get yeah. rid of that guy? Like, instead of like helping Schroeder out and changing him out, why not do the same thing for Boucher? That poor guy. He won us a championship. He's still part of that whole Raptors DNA we had at one point, right? And to do this to him, where he's not even coming off any minutes at all, it, it's sickening, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's fair. I don't see how you can't use a player like Boucher, you know, especially when so, in some of these games, or, okay, let me, let's be fair and be real. Every single game, they come out with a lack of energy. You know, Chris Boucher on a good night 
is going to bring that for you. Uh, he's somebody that hustles. He's somebody that can hit the three. He can run the, run the fast break. These are all things that the Raptors could benefit from. But it's like beggars are being choosers. You know what I mean? Why can't you incorporate him in some capacity? It's not like Kelly Olenek is a young big man. You know what I mean? His age an issue is what he's able to offer. And that kind of goes back to what my original point is. It's like, why are we asking these guys to do something that they're not capable of doing? Why are we leaning into their strengths and highlighting their strengths and putting them in a position to be successful? I think out of everything, that's where Darko is failing these guys, is that they're not putting him, he's not putting them or not prioritizing them the way that he should. But yeah, I, I'm, I, I tend to agree that Boucher would be a loser in this. Um, Mac, I see you nodding. What's going on? Oh, no, I'm, I'm agreeing. I don't understand the situation with Boucher, especially we talked about it earlier, the lack of effort. That's one of the guys who give you effort on the court. He might not make the best decisions, but you know what you're getting out of him, especially when we're having struggles on the, on the boards. He would try and fight for those things, you know? So I don't know. Kenan, what do you think, man? Here's well, a better him? question. Sorry, here's a better oh, yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. How, how is it that Precious was able to get more minutes when he was here and now Boucher can't get any? <laughs> um, Darko strikes again. Uh, <laughs> he's back, people. <laughs> Man, we, we we need to have like a special episode when he when he uh, announces, you know, or when he does his presser next year. And maybe he might know, uh, you know, the game film on the incoming players. But yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I just I don't know to answer that question. Uh, is a good question. I also don't know a lot of things in terms of strategy, like why we had Pascal taking above the break threes when he shoots 40% from the corner. Um, and, you know, everything was just flipped all over the place. But, you know, to focus back on uh, guys like Boucher and even Gary to a certain extent, I know Nigel is, you know, president of the of the Gary fan club for sure, of course. But, uh, you know. And, with and that, the Boucher fan club. And, and the Boucher both, fan club. He both. Absolutely. Uh, driving the bus. But, uh, you know, at the same time, it's like Gary was allegedly promised a role, according to his own father, who I don't think would lie uh, on a, you know, nationally syndicated program. Uh, you know, like what's going on in a contract? In a con Yeah. What happened? Well, what happened to the contract? I, I last time I heard it was like imminent. Right. And it was then all of a sudden it's like, nope. Didn't hear nothing. You hear Boucher. I, I think it, I, I can't remember if it was Grange or someone. And there was an article that came out like literally right before the deadline, basically saying that this dude don't fit. And it's like, whoa, right? It's a cold business. So uh, that also doesn't help you to like, can we even showcase players properly? I mean, I mean, we're trying to showcase players to trade them, but then we're going to make them worse to trade them. Okay. Makes sense to me. Uh, I'm along for the... I Listen, this is just entertainment for me at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, I, I know, you're trying to end on... You're trying to get to a positive. <laughs> yeah, no, no. You know what? Sometimes you just gotta... You know, you just gotta hey, accept man. fate. You know what I mean? Light, light, light the match. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my, my puppy has been let loose and she is awfully excited. Um, I, I'm just quickly reading the headline. So... We know the situation around Miles Bridges and his his domestic violence case. And now all the criminal charges have been dropped against him. And then I saw that Bryn Forbes or Brian Forbes just got arrested for assault. <laughs> like, 
Uh, yeah, that that's that's. Anyways, I'm not even gonna touch that. Shout out to Lowry. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I guess so. I guess so. Because um, I think Bryn Forbes, we traded him for for Lowry, didn't we? Didn't or is we? it a different Forbes? No, it's Gary Forbes. Gary, Gary Forbes. Sorry, my Gary bad, Forbes. my bad, yeah, yeah. my bad. Hey, you're trying to sully the Forbes name, man? Come on. <laughs> get, the, get the right Forbes involved. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Mr. Forbes. You uh, are you are cleared. <laughs> you are you, you know what? One straight that did not hit. Let, let's close on this. MVP. We're seeing a lot of great individual performances. Unfortunate for Joel Embiid getting hurt. We'll we'll leave that alone. But Nikola Jokic, big surprise. Shea Gilgis Alexander finished one, two in the latest MVP pool. Nige, I know you're a, a basketball savant. I know you care about the MVP. I think the word award. is idiot savant. Go on. <laughs> hey, you're the writer, not me, man. I'm trying to compliment you. Uh, this part at this point of the season, all star around the corner. Who's your MVP? If you have one, if you have one. No, uh, you know what? I think if anyone. Uh... I would have gone with Embiid. I was going to go with him. I would have said Embiid. Uh, I'm. I don't know at this point really who who I would go with. You know, I'm. I'm kind of torn, but it would have been Embiid, previously, without a yeah. doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to diminish what his value is. I mean, leading leading the league in scoring and being efficient, and what he's meant to Philly up until this point. Like, you know, it, it, I'm not a big Embiid fan, you know, but you got to appreciate no. him as a player. He he's just a dominant force, and I don't I don't think we've seen a player like him. And it's unfortunate that he's you know not going to be able to be involved in this MVP conversation. But he was able to get one. It's just unfortunate that the better season that he's having, he's not going to be able to um, accomplish that goal. Kenyon, do do you have an MVP, brother? Hey man, I go with the record, and it's going to have to be Shea. Yeah, that that's my pick. Like spoiler, that's that's definitely my pick. Mac, you have MVP, brother. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's not a Canadian thing, but I think what Shea's been doing, he he's transcending that shooting guard position to a next level. Uh, I think we needed that next guard. Him and Anthony Edwards, uh, we needed that next level of the young guys coming up. Uh, and yeah, he's doing a great job. And I think there's going to be a little bit of a voter's fatigue for Jokic, let's be honest. You know, I want to touch on that. Do, do you? Okay, we know that voter fatigue exists, but should it exist? Like if Jokic is being dominant, if he's being the best player in the league, and I mean, almost, you know what I mean. Like, like sh- should it happen? Like, if he's dominant and like Luca's almost as dominant, they're probably gonna give it to Luka. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, that's just the way it is, just to be like fair. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess if you know, you can see MJ not winning MVP some years and LeBron not winning MVP some years, and. You know, I, I guess that it's a news-driven league, clearly. It's a news-driven league. It's, buddy. it's definitely narrative-driven, right? Like, what's yeah. the cooler storyline? You know what I mean? Um, that, that that's not to diminish what Luca has done. Like, he's had some crazy games this season. But if you're looking at consistency, um, impact, value, you you look at Jokic and and Shea. But I would say Shea has the edge right now. Like the way that he's elevated that team. Like Jokic did that already. So right now they're be they're consistent, right? It doesn't diminish what he's accomplished up until this point. But Shea, who's who's traded a couple times, has now established himself as a superstar, an MVP, an All Star. I I, I kind of find it hard to believe or hard to imagine that Shea could not win this award. You know that um, Masai tried to get that pick that year. Yeah. Listen, man, I'm tired of what he could have <laughs> yeah. done. 
That's the thing. He never did it, though, right? He never pulled the trigger. I know. I just tried to put another dagger in him, but yeah, I'm joking. Yeah, the spot hurts. <laughs> I'm gonna publish oh, this one. <laughs> you know, but, what was that? Uh, see, I'm blocked. <laughs> oh, I see uh, how it is, man. <laughs> we'll talk off air. We'll talk off air. But boys, you know, I I feel like we'll leave it off there. You know, this was a lot of fun, man. Um, let's not make it a habit that we wait too long to get together again. Uh, Uncle Nige, Kenyon, Mac, I thank you all. I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy schedule. I appreciate Mac, you know, putting down the whistle and clipboard to not to not train his team that he has uh, developing out west. Um, I appreciate all of you guys. I appreciate the support. And, you know, take this opportunity to plug anything that you have. Uh, Mac, I'll, I'll start with you, brother. Yeah, I got the running off the screen podcast, trying to drop stuff every week. Very busy schedule. Actually, my sister's down here. My dad's down here. My sister flew up from Korea. They're downstairs watching that show on Netflix called Champion right now. So I'm going to go join them soon. But yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Running off the screen. Appreciate wow. that, man. And uh, continue to do your thing, brother. Um, I love how consistent you, you've been, even though I know how busy you are. And you just continue to put out fire content, man. So check them out, running off the screen. Thank uh, you, Kenyon. You. Basketball rewind, brother. Go ahead, man. What do you got cooking? You you've been cooking, man. You've been cooking not only on this pod <laughs> but on your pod as well, brother. Oh well, yeah, I mean, uh, I have about three draft episodes that I have to actually <laughs> edit already, man. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been banking those things up, you know, because because I'm about to get busy, so that's a secret. It's just oh, put okay, it out, okay. right? Method to the madness, right? Method to the madness. But uh, what I will say is that yeah, we got to get together more uh, more often. You don't want to become the messiah of of uh, of this gathering, right? And take take forever to get you know get things done, man. I'm, I'm, I'm evaluating. Okay, leave me alone, <laughs> I'm, I'm evaluating. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Got him. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, honestly, people like, comment, and subscribe uh, if if possible, or rate and review uh, these guys' uh, uh, things. Obviously, I'm gonna you know pass it off to uh, Uncle Nigel and f- the forgetful curator as well uh, from that. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it's good vibes, good stuff. Um, and honestly, it's just. It's always a good time when we all get together. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uncle Nice, forgetful curator. What do you got cooking, brother? Um, I think uh, at the cafeteria at the nursing home this week has been serving up some meatloaf. <laughs> Hopefully uh, my dentures uh, work and I can, uh, you know. Here, here's a question. In. Do you at least have Jello, Buddy, what's life without Jello, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> what is life without Jello, man? Especially the green stuff. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know what? I'm just like, uh, right now I'm sitting here trying to figure out what's going on with this Raptor team. Um, I, I I'm kind of lost, confused, dazed, and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Max stuff all the time. Love his stuff. It's very innovative as always. Kenyon, you guys are killing it over there. I love all three of you guys and Curly, my man, you are there. You're like the, you're like the mailman, brother. You always deliver. So, you know. I've loved living up by the three. I'm here, buddy. I appreciate that. I'm glad that you you just stopped at the delivering part of the mailman. I do not want to be associated anything else with that nickname. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm not even going to acknowledge that. Boys, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, we will leave it off there we got a podcast like subscribe review if you have not done so check out basketball rewind forgetful curator running off the screen they are all fire individuals in their own special way uh, i think what separates us as a collective is that we're all offering a different perspective than what you're currently getting so please take advantage of that and you know it's always vibes and we appreciate any sort of feedback so boys until next time ladies and gentlemen please continue to stay safe and stay healthy good people peace peace